First John 2 verse 7 says, Beloved, I'm writing you a new commandment, not a new commandment, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the message which you have heard, the doctrine of salvation through Christ. Yet I'm writing you a new commandment which is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is clearing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in darkness even until now. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in it, in him, there is no occasion for stumbling or cause for error of sin or sin. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walking in the dark. He is staying and does not perceive or know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I'm writing to you, little children, because for his name's sake, your sins are forgiven, pardoned through his name and on account of confessing his name. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you have come to know him who has existed from the beginning. And I'm writing to you, young men, because you have been victorious over the wicked one. I write to you, boys, because you have come to know the, uh, of the Father, recognize aware of the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you have come to know him who has existed from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and vigorous and the word of God is always abiding in you and you have been victorious over the wicked one. Do not love the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, Love for the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, these do not come from the Father, but are from the world itself. And the world passes away and disappears, and with it the forbidden cravings. But he who does the will of God and carries out his purpose in his life abides forever. All right. So, when we go to 1 John 3, he says, verse 24, All who keep his commandments abide in him and he in them. They let Christ be a home to them, and they are the home of Christ. By this we know and understand that we are, have the proof that he really lives in us and makes his home in us by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Okay. So we, there's commandments given in the new. The commandments that's given in the new is not the same as the commandments that was given in the old. The commandment that was given in the old is something that we cannot attain by our own decision and by our own uh, willpower. Okay? But he says, if we keep his commandments, we abide in him. So if we abide in him, he does something and he abides in us. If we abide in him and he in us, he does his own commandment in and through us. So what's the commandment? He says in verse 23, this is his order. 
that we should believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and that we should love one another. So when we keep his commandment that we believe in the name of the son Jesus Christ and that we love one another, we abide in him and he abides in us. Now if we go back to 1 John chapter 2, he says, then we abide in the light if we love he whoever loves his brother abides in the light there's no occasion for stumbling okay he who hates his brother is in the darkness so there's light and there's darkness there's a place in him and there's a place outside of him so he is the light and i think that's that's the essence of it he is love he is the light he is the word if we abide in the word we abide in love we abide in the light if his word abides in us he abides in us loves abides in us and light abides in us all right so he the word is the person christ john chapter 1 says the word became flesh and dwelt among us okay so him the word came into a uh, made his abode or his dwelling place inside a body and jesus walked around on the earth so after the resurrection he blew his spirit upon the disciples they received the spirit he said wait in the city of Jerusalem, and after the ascension, the Holy Spirit was poured out over everyone. Okay, so the Holy Spirit came, that same Spirit dwelling on the inside of Jesus, giving expression to the command of the Father in the body of Jesus. So having received that Spirit, we are the body of Christ. So we receive it by hearing the gospel and believing the gospel. So we abide in the word, we abide in him. Welcome, brother. We abide in the word, we abide in him. The word abides in us, and he abides in us. So if we keep the commandment, with other words, we believe and we love one another, then we will start to get to know him. We will start to walk in fellowship with him. We will dwell in the light. And the expression of that looks like this, we, we love. So there's something intentional, and then there's something, there's, there's a faith, faith in him energizes the whole thing. Okay? He says, lay hands on the sick. The sick will be healed when we lay our hands on the sick. Okay? So if he commands us and says, love one another, the moment we love one another his spirit is there to express the love in us and through us because it is his word that commands us to love one another so if we believe in him and trust in him and then seek to express that love to people that love that's now on the inside of us dwelling on the inside of us is expressed and it's him being being made visible all right so um i believe there is something intentional. Faith is intentional. But still, 
you cannot by your own decision try to conjure up the love <laughs> of, of God, try to do it yourself, and try, you know, by your own action, try to, to show the love of God. There's a difference there. If I look at a command that says, I must love, as it was described in the law of Moses, but I have not the Holy Spirit, then doesn't matter how much I try, that love which is demanded by the law will not be expressed. Okay? Okay, let me just give this example. I, if I want to give money to someone, I first need to receive money. Does it make sense? If I want to minister love to someone, I first need to receive the love. So how do I receive the love? I receive it by hearing and believing the gospel. Are you with me? Okay, so 1 John chapter 4 says the following. So don't worry about too much of the detail of what I read. I'm, I'm just trying to bring a, a few concepts over. So don't, don't worry too much about all the detail of what I'm reading. I'm just trying to express something that is in my heart. Okay, so 1 John chapter 4 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is or springs from God. And he who loves his fellow men is begotten of God and is coming progressively to know and understand God, recognize, get a better, clearer knowledge of him. He who does not love has not become acquainted with God, does not, never did know him, for God is love. In this the love of God was made manifest where we are concerned in that God sent his Son, the only begotten or unique Son, into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. If God loved us so very much, we also ought to love one another. Verse 7 to 11 is like a mini-sermon. It's, it's self-explanatory. Okay, so he loved us. His love was shown to us at the cross. So when you see Jesus hanging on the cross, the crucified Christ, you see God's expression of perfect love. This is the length that he went through to save us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes on him might not perish but have eternal life. So when you believe on him, you receive something. You receive the spirit. You receive eternal life. You receive that love which he uh, expressed at the cross. So we believe the gospel. The spirit of God comes. He abides in us. Love abides in us. Light abides in us. Okay? So now that we have received the Holy Spirit, he says, he who loves his brother is begotten of God. So how do we get born again? We believe the word. The word finds entrance into our heart. We receive the Holy Spirit. 
We, we, are, we have a new birth experience. We have been made new in Christ. So as we abide in the word, we abide in him. As his word abides in us, he abides in us. And he is love. So we look to the cross. The gospel speaks to our hearts. As we believe the gospel, we receive something that we didn't have before. Now when we are intentional on loving people, the Spirit of God loves them through us, through our action. So we love in dependence on Him. We have to depend on Him to love other people. Because out of ourselves we cannot produce what is necessary. Okay, so the law expected something that we could never give. But through the gospel, Jesus gave us something that we could never attain. Okay? So he bridged that gap. So that is why when we receive the Holy Spirit, receiving the Holy Spirit is the fulfillment of all the demands of So, it is clear that it was God's intention, even in the old, that man should walk by love. That in humanity there should be perfect love that can only be by dependence on the Holy Spirit. And that's expressed to everyone, that we should walk in love. But... Because, you know, of the fall of Adam and all that, <laughs> we could never express it. We didn't have it in us. We were void of the love of God. We were void of the Spirit of God. We were just lost. But since we received the gospel, since we received the Holy Spirit, since we received the Word, we got born again, we received the Spirit of God, now the love of Christ can express in our lives and Christ can walk in the flesh. He is love. Okay? So, it's like, almost like a chicken and an egg scenario. <laughs> so, is the love there uh, because I loved or did I, is it because I received and then gave it? But it's like, you know, you get into a rhythm where you don't know because, you know, that I first receive love and now I'm able to love. Or You don't even think of that. You're just consumed with love. You just know that God loves you and you love people. So it's not something that you have to try and, and figure out in your mind. It's just something that you walk in by faith. This is important. God loves you. And another thing is important, that His love is in you. And that love can be expressed through you. Okay? So, God wants us to walk in the benefit of loving others. There's a benefit to you when you express love to someone else. It's, it's like the ultimate expression of faith in God when we start acting like Him. And acting like him means we love one another. Acting like him means 
his character, not the old character. His word, not my thoughts. His, uh, his actions, not my actions. Our actions, when we are not exposed to the love of God, when we, we don't hear the gospel or believe the gospel, our actions tend to be selfish. Revolved uh, around ourselves, our action tends to fend only for ourselves. But he's the exact opposite. He disregarded himself to the point of death, knowing that what he did for us will save us. Okay? So his heart, God is, is trying to give us something. It's not so much what he expects of us, but he's trying to give something. So when he gives a command, he gives us the absolute bare minimum. <laughs> because everything that the Lord demanded, he already did it for us. He gives us just one thing. Well, two things, but it's, it's one thing. Believe and love. Believe God loves you and love. Believe God loves you, love. Believe in the name of the Son, love one another. Okay? And for that to happen, we need to pay attention to what he did for us on the cross. Okay? All right, so I just want to read further in 1 John chapter 4. Verse 7, we read it, but I just want to repeat it. Beloved, let us love one another, for love springs from God. He who loves his, his fellow men is begotten of God and is coming progressively to know and understand God. If you express the love of God intentionally, you will get to know God more. You will get to understand God more because he is love. So when by faith you start to act like him, you start to understand him. Okay? You start to have fellowship with him more. Because your, your mind, your thoughts, your actions start to align with his. There's less resistance from our side for him to live through us. <laughs> okay? I hope that makes sense. We are... Our, the, the flesh nature fights everything against God. Okay? Fight, it fights everything of God. When we surrender to Him, we start to understand what He means. When we surrender to Him, we start to feel what He feels. We start to think the way He thinks. We start to act the way He acts. Okay? So, uh, sometimes... The efforts that we are trying, you know, we're trying so hard to, to do something. Sometimes it's that trying that's in the way. When he says something simple, by faith, just do that. Forget everything else. Just trust the cross is enough for everything else. I'm a mess, but I know that by God's grace, I'm holy and perfect. So I'm going to forget my mess he says, go lay hands on the sick. I will go lay hands on the sick. 
and now I trust him, and we will see them recover. Or he says, go, you know, go love someone. How? I don't know. I don't understand it, Lord, but I know I will when I go. So there's a lot that we can only learn through doing it, through experiencing it. First, obviously, get born again. <laughs> I think one of the, the greatest um, hindrances is when, when we never got born again or we never knew him, but we try to be religious or we try to be loving. You know, or maybe just with an old mindset you try to, to do it, but you, you work... <laughs> Look at it. I'm always loving that person, but they never love me back. Okay? All right, that kind of emotion, um, maybe just enter rest. Maybe just unburden yourself. Loving someone has to be in union with him and in trust with him. It's not your burden to carry because it's impossible for you to do it. Okay, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, he says, all you who are burdened and heavy laden, come to me, and I will give you rest. So, so the first thing, even though I'm no longer at the first point, but the first thing <laughs> is to, um, to come to him. If you feel burdened in any way, shape, or form, come to Jesus. If you are in contact with him, an exchange takes place. All your burdens for his burden. His burden is light. He takes your heavy burden. Okay? All your darkness for his light. All your hatred for his love. All your sickness for his healing. So that's the exchange that takes place when we come to him in trust. So we... We need to be in that posture before him. I come to him, he helps me. I come to him, he unburdens me. Don't let people, don't go throw your burdens on people. <laughs> and neither try to carry everyone's burdens. We help them throw it on Jesus. That's how we help carry one, one another's burdens. I can't walk with all of your burdens. I can carry one burden, and that is Jesus' burden. And the burden that he has for me is light. Okay? That burden is the Holy Spirit. No, and, and I can know that because all your burdens have has already been carried on the cross. So when we minister to one another, it is to get every heart connected to what Jesus did so that your burdens can disappear and so that his burden of love, his burden of the anointing, his burden of power can come upon you. His soft yoke, not a yoke that hurts you. It's a soft yoke. So that exchange needs to take place. And since you are now under his yoke, since you have no more burdens of your own, but you carry his burden, it's so much easier to love someone. It's so much easier to... So that thing gains momentum. So um, I wanted to use an example, but it's not going to work. So, okay. <laughs> All right. So loving one another 
must be rooted in a relationship with Jesus. Okay. So I've read it so many years, but I'm just going to speak. In Matthew chapter 22 from verse 34, there's this exchange between Jesus and the Pharisees. And a lawyer comes to him and asks him a question to trick him. And he says, what is the most important commandment in the law? Okay? Jesus said, he answered his question. The most important commandment in the law is, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your strength. And love your neighbor as you do yourself. Quoting out of Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Jesus says, these two are the most important commandments of uh, the law. And upon them rest all of the law and the prophets. So that's something to pay attention to. If, if all of the law and the prophets rests on that, then it's a big deal. It's interesting that it's kind of hidden in Leviticus and then in Deuteronomy. It's, you know, but that's the most important. It's like... The most, Jesus could have said anything, but he, he, he picked out those two that's basically the same. Okay. So, the thing is, at that time, before the cross, before the Holy Spirit had been poured out, no one could fulfill those two commandments. Okay, so we know that no one will be justified by dependence on the law. Okay, Galatians 3, Romans 3. No one will be justified by dependence on the law. So if your approach is, I must love the Lord with all my heart, all my mind, all my strength. I must love my neighbor like I do myself. And then God will love me. Then God will respond to me. Then God will answer my prayers. You will burn out. And no one will see love narrants. Okay? But when you see the fulfillment of the law and the prophets on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. He fulfilled, if you read Hebrews chapter 10 uh, from verse 5, he says, here I am coming to do your will, coming to fulfill everything written of me in the volume of the book. So everything that's written in the book of the law, he fulfilled completely and he said, it is finished. So, that means those two <laughs> that he said is the most important is fulfilled in him. The law is fulfilled in Christ. So, if I want the law to be fulfilled in my life, I need to abide in Christ. <laughs> and I need Christ to abide in me. All right, so I need to abide in the Word. I need to abide in the Spirit. I need to abide in love. The Word needs to abide in my heart. Love needs to abide in my heart. Do you get the picture? That's relationship. So I give up my right to be burdened. I give up my right to complain about anything. And I just say, Lord, you just take it all. I don't want the satisfaction of complaining. 
All I want is you. You did everything for me. Let it just come. I receive. I believe in what you did. I receive your love for me. I receive that fulfillment of the Lord. That's basically your inheritance that is given in the Spirit. I receive it, Lord. I, re I take it. It's mine. It's for me. If you receive what he did on the cross and it enters your heart, it, you are born again. It changes you completely. It's a totally different life. The first life is God is sitting there on his throne and he's angry and he's got his, you know, his bowl of lightning bolts. And, you know, if you do something, he, he throws you with a lightning bolt. Okay? That's, that's a picture. That's how, God, how people saw God. So Jesus took all the lightning bolts <laughs> for you. Now you just trust in Jesus. In Him, everything is okay. Because of your union with Him, you are now seated with Christ in heavenly places. You are now with Him who is with the Father. You are no longer separated from God. You are one with Him. That is the function of love. Love makes that which is separate one. Okay? So, okay. I don't know when last I said it. Maybe he's still in Equestria. I don't know. For love to exist, there must be more than one person. Okay? Because if it's only one person, how do you know if there's love? <laughs> because it cannot be tested by the actions of another. Okay? How can affection exist if there's no one else? So, for perfect love to exist, more than one must be made one. So, God is three Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but God is one in love. Okay? All have the same mind, all have the same heart, all have the same spirit. Okay? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, perfect love. Within the one, there's three. So, what He has done is He's opened up the way. He's opened up the door. For you to enter into perfect love with them, him, with the one, with the three. So, he is still the head. We are the body. But last time I checked, my head and my body was one. So, <laughs> we will never call this the shots and command Jesus. He is the king. He is the head. But my hand has no problem flowing with my head. My hand doesn't have to think on its own. My hand abides in the head and I just want to pick up this and it just does it. Because it's one body. It's one. The, the head is completely in control. The mind doesn't do its own thing. And I think... Most of us have been thinking too much instead of just doing that thing which we heard he said. 
okay? So, and if every part of our body does something different, then the body does funny dances, okay? So, <laughs> but if everyone in the body is just connected to the head in one perfect, united body with the same heart, the same spirit, the same love, then the whole body knitted together and bound up in love can flow and function and can grow. Okay? So the body of Christ can grow when each individual is connected to the head. The love of Christ can be seen among the group if each individual opens his or her heart to the love that God has for them, connected to the head. I hope this makes sense. So instead of trying to get everyone to be one here, let's just be one with him. Okay? My hand is not trying to sync up with my other hand. Except when I'm trying, trying to play piano, then I didn't need <laughs> Okay, so when, when my foot starts asking my hand questions, there's decisions that the, the head doesn't validate. But when everything is just connected to the head, if you just look at the nervous system, your nerves run down to your hands, to your feet, to everything. So everything is connected from one source, and there's unity. So now everyone is trying to get unity between the different church denominations. Uh, there may be value in that, but the, uh, is the Holy Spirit saying it? That's the point. Is the Holy Spirit directing this, or are we just trying to... Or interfaith connections. Hey, that's not the point. Get everyone connected to the head. Get everyone connected to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And that's where we will find the meaning of perfect love. The meaning of perfect unity and perfect oneness. So unity is not in duplicating. Cookie cutter. Another one, another one, another one but in every person having a connection with God. It's like, it's like flowers. If you, if you take a meadow and there's a lot of flowers, together the flowers are in unison, but each flower looks different. They're not planted in rows. They're not each one the same type of flower. They are just, they're just there, they just grow wild, they're just there, but it somehow just looks beautiful, and it's not everyone the same, okay? Love does not mean that we all copy one another, or everyone copies the, please don't copy the pastor, you'll make a mistake. <laughs> Okay, love means your authentic relationship with God bears fruit and it's unique to you. And it, it's, you are like a flower opening up and you have your own fragrance. 
and you are you have your own God has, has created you unique, you have a unique calling, you have a unique destiny, you have a unique purpose. But we need to be connected with him who created us for us to really walk in what he has for us. Okay. So, the love of Christ unlocks your true identity. If you open your heart and let him love you, and let that love that he showed at the cross, you make it personally understand that that suffering on the cross he did just for you. Okay? You make it personal. You understand how merciful he is, and you, you know how much he loves you, that he would go through that for you. Your identity, how he created you to be, will start coming out without you having to try and conform to a specific set of norms or to a specific image that someone gave you, you become conformed to the image and the likeness of Christ as you have fellowship with Him. Okay? We all know that all of us have some ways to, to grow before we start reflecting the fullness of God. Right? I do. I don't, maybe you don't, but I do. All right, so one scripture that has been particularly potent to me and, and helpful to me over the years, 2 Corinthians 3. And that, I think that remains the heart of, of what we minister here. So verse 15, 2 Corinthians 3, it says, Down to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts and minds. Okay, now, if someone, if someone abides in the light, he loves his brother. If someone hates, he abides in darkness. We read that in 1 John chapter 2. Okay. So if there's a veil, it means you cannot see. If you cannot see, it means you're in darkness. So this is the effect that the law of Moses will have on you. You will become critical on others and yourself. That's the effect the law of Moses has. So, these are the fruit that the law of Moses can bear in your life. Either self-righteousness or condemnation. Either you feel you're making it. <laughs> or you feel, oh my goodness, I'm so bad, no one can save me. Okay? And Jesus died for both of that. But whenever Moses is read, a veil is in the heart. So it means I don't depend on him. If I read the law, the law doesn't speak. It doesn't tell me uh, what, you know, you, you, if you read the whole thing, you can see how the prophets prophesied of Jesus and how he fulfilled everything. But if you just read the law and you see yourself in it, the law will reflect back to you all your failings. It will not tell you how good Jesus is. If you read the law, if you read Moses, and you don't understand it's about the cross, but you just see, okay, I mustn't do this, I must, I must, I must, I must not, I must not, thou shalt, thou shalt not, but it's much more than the ten. There's many, 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 many more. <laughs> okay, and if you break one, you break the whole thing. 
The focus is what you do. The focus is how you are doing certain things and not doing certain things. So the focus is yourself. And I think that's a great source of misery, is to be focused on yourself. To take a magnifying glass and to take it to your own life, it only results in misery. Okay? For you or for others, or both. But luckily, 2 Corinthians 3 goes on. He says, but whenever a person turns in repentance to the Lord, the veil is stripped off and, and taken away. Verse 16. With other words, if I turn away from Moses to the Lord, I go from a position of I can't see to a position of I can see. I go from a position of I'm in darkness to a position of I'm in light. A position of I don't love my brother to a position of I love my brother. Okay? When I turn in repentance from Moses to the Lord, veil is stripped off. Okay? And then he says, now the Lord is the Spirit. So our focus cannot be the law of Moses. Our focus must be the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to us by believing the cross, which is the manifestation of the love of Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes to us by believing a message. Galatians chapter 3. Are you poor, senseless, foolish, unreflecting, idiotic Galatians? Who has bewitched you? Unto whom before your very eyes Jesus was openly and graphically set forth and portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law or was it by hearing a message and believing it? Okay. So, Obeying the law, reading Moses, causes you to be blind and causes you to not operate in the Holy Spirit. Turning from the law to the Spirit of God opens your eyes. There's relationship. Love is felt and love can be given. Our eyes open up. If we abide in love, we love one another. We abide in the truth. We abide in the light. We abide in the word. And in you there is no occasion for stumbling. Okay? The more you read the law, the more there is occasion for stumbling because Romans chapter 7 says it, if you read from verse 8 until verse 11, it says, sin finds opportunity in the commandment to express itself, for without the law, sin is dead. So there's occasion for stumbling if we focus on ourselves. There's no occasion for stumbling if we focus on His love for us. Okay? So, that's why it says, if we... I actually wanted to speak on the... First John 2, he says, do not love the things of this world. I wanted to speak on this world, but there's so much to say. Okay, so... He says, do not love the things of the world because then the love 
King James says, of the Father. Amplified says, for the Father is not in our hearts. But it works both ways. But in other words, if I'm focused on this world, touch, feel, see, I'm not focused on the spirit unseen, then I'm, I'm not walking in that supernatural love that comes from God. I'm still focused on only what I can see, only what is near me, only what I can do, only what I can have an effect on. You will not find the love of God in the touch, feel, see realm. Five senses. You will find the love of God by opening your heart for the spirit that comes to you by believing the cross. Okay? It opens your eyes to a different sense from the supernatural. You can start seeing things that you can only sense or see or experience through faith in Christ. Okay. So... This, that, that phrase, this world, many times refers in the scripture specifically to the Judaic system and the Judaic world. I'm not saying everywhere, but many times. So it says, for instance, in Hebrews chapter 10, no, Hebrews chapter 9, he says, uh, speaking of uh, the tabernacle, you know, and it says, but it's one of this world. So the tabernacle had the Holy of Holies and it had the Ark of the Covenant. But it says it's a sanctuary but one of this world. Which means touch, feel, see. Which means rituals. Which means you do. But it's only in this realm. Okay? It's part of these laws and norms. But the true one is unseen. The true source of life is unseen. The true source of love is unseen. So your heart needs to receive the word that will cause your heart to see who he is. Okay? If your heart, he says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Matthew 5. Okay. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So what does the blood of Jesus do? Cleanses your conscience. Opens your eyes. And you start seeing. If you can see Him for who He really is, you start reflecting Him, you start looking like Him. Okay? So, First John chapter 3, verse 2. Beloved, we are even here and now God's children. It is not yet disclosed what we shall be hereafter, but we know that when He comes and is manifested, we shall, as God's children, resemble Him and be like Him, for we shall see Him just as He really is. Okay, so we're still busy with Second Corinthians 3. If I see him as he really is, I will resemble him. So don't worry too much about streets of gold or about, you know, mansions in heaven or that, whatever. If that's your doctrine, whatever. If that makes you happy, great. 
We know not what we shall be hereafter, but we know this. When he comes, we shall look like him because we shall see him as he really is. So if you can now, now behold him for who he really is, you will resemble him, and that's the point. He is love. If you can see him for who he is, how loving he is towards you, that love will start reflecting from you. And as you express it, you will start to know him more. You will start to see him more. You will start to understand him more. Okay? Right, so back to 2 Corinthians 3. So we did verse 15 and 16. Verse 17, now the Lord is the Spirit. With the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Okay. So the word freedom has been abused so much in the way the world thinks. People always want to be free from rules, free from anything that will cause them to not do what their fleshly desires tells them. That's freedom in the world's perspective. But what they're actually doing is they're submitting themselves to the bondage of the flesh. Okay? Submitting themselves to only this realm, touch, feel, see. But the word defines freedom this way. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So fellowship with the Spirit will be your greatest freedom. So instead of focusing to get free from this habit, focusing to get free from this addiction, focusing to get free from this illness or from this or this or this. You're focusing on the reality of what's happening here now, not looking at the source of what, what God has for you. Okay. So if I focus on what I'm trying to get rid of, it will remain. But if I turn to the Lord, I start looking in a different dimension, a different realm. I look to Him. I see who He is. He starts, we, we have fellowship. He starts manifesting in my life. Where the Spirit is, there is freedom. So in fellowship with the Spirit, you find yourself, you're free from this and this and this and this and this. So that freedom doesn't come by seeking to be free from something. That freedom comes by seeking fellowship with Him, who is freedom. So remember what I said, everything is fulfilled in Him. So that's the place where you will find it. You'll find the freedom there. You'll find the love there. You'll find the spirit there in Christ. So that's where the focus and attention needs to be for us to express the love of Christ, for us to walk in the power of God, for us to live in the victory that God has for us. Okay. So, and then verse 18. Um, it says, Now we behold him as with unveiled face. Okay, so that means as when we repent, it's opening up. Now, like 1 Corinthians 13 says, 
we look in a dim, blurred mirror, dim, blurred reflection. So, but as you look, it becomes clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer. As you turn to him, it's like layers of veil that's, <laughs> that's lifted up. Layers being peeled off of you, layers of law <laughs> being peeled, peeled off of your life. And you see clearer and you see clearer. If you can see him for who he is, you will reflect him. Okay? So he says, we behold him with unveiled face as in a mirror. So that mirror is the word of the Lord. He says, so we behold the glory of the Lord in his face as in a mirror in the word of the Lord. He says, we are transformed in ever increasing splendor from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the Spirit. So I don't want to go into the glory to glo glory too much. Yes, you can say glory to glory to glory because it says ever increasing. Yes, then levels of glory, sure. But that's not what that scripture means. It says, if you read the whole 2 Corinthians 3, he defines the first glory as the glory in the face of Moses that faded and the second glory as the glory in the face of Jesus that's ever increasing. So you are changed from glory, fading glory that ended in darkness, Moses, to glory, ever-increasing glory in the face of Jesus. And that's the point. Stop seeking the glory of the law and find the glory in the face of Jesus Christ. So it's a face-to-face -face thing. It's love. It's relationship. You need face time with Jesus. You seek His face and you will shine with His glory. You seek His love for you and you will reflect His love to the people around you. And the more you intentionally participate in this and express the love of Christ that you do know, the more you will reflect Him, the more you will uh, show Him to more people and be maybe a better representation of what He made you to be. Okay? So it's the love of Christ that unlocks your true identity. All right. So may you just know how much he loves you. May you just respond to the call of relationship with him. That's the first call of your life. Yes, we have a calling for this and this ministry. That great, it's wonderful. But the first call to respond to is to know him. <laughs> because everything else just flows naturally out of that. Okay. All right. So... So before we end, I just want to give an opportunity because there's people watching online, there's people here that I don't know. So I just want everyone to close their eyes and want to give an opportunity. So Lord Jesus, I just pray for every heart and I pray that you move upon every heart right now. In Jesus' name. Right. So if you have never received Jesus or if you just want to rededicate your life to Jesus, and you want to know His love for you, if you want to be born again, you don't know if you are, just pray this prayer. It will help you to just, to just fasten this thing in your life. Okay, say, Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you did. I thank you for the cross. Thank you for dying for my sin. I receive your forgiveness. Thank you for forgiving my sin. I believe in you. 
I renounce all sin. I renounce all unrighteousness. And I confess you as Lord of my life. Come and wash me clean. I am yours. In Jesus' name. All right, so if you've prayed that and you want someone to pray with you afterwards a bit further, then you're welcome to do so. Don't worry, we're not going to pounce on you and take over your life. We just want to agree with you. So, um, and those who are watching, if you've prayed this prayer and you feel like you want to, to um, pray again with someone, uh, just comment and we'll contact you. Um, or we'll comment back. I don't know, maybe, maybe contact us on the details that's... Can, can you put the email address on, Nico? I think that's maybe a... Yes, send me an email. <laughs> I think that's better. Send me an email if you want further ministry, if you are um, uh, watching this and you want further prayer and you're from a different country or far away. Okay, right, so um, I just want to end the, the meeting, but then I want to invite everyone that wants prayer to come to the front and um, everyone also that wants with this rededication of your heart or dedication of your heart to Jesus, if you want further ministry for that, for the rest, you, you can um, just go have fellowship here or, or whatever. So I just want to pray, Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you did today. I thank you for touching every heart. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you bless every person that's here and every person watching. Lord Jesus, I just pray, let the love of Christ just completely transform us. Transform our lives in Jesus' name. Thank you for what you did for us in Jesus' name. Amen.